Hello, hi, hello. Oh, it is Thursday, February 8th, 2018, 9.07 p.m. I am TJ Freck. This is the TJ Freck cast. Oh, so this is my second attempt at music. This is actually my third attempt at Music Wednesday. Um, I recorded a pretty good, pretty good podcast on the way home from work. And, um, accidentally deleted it. So, uh, part of it got put online and part of it didn't. So, here I am, making mistakes. <sighs> oh well. So, this is, as I said, Music Wednesdays. I want to get music, um, topics about music regularly on Wednesdays, uh, which is why I'm putting this out on a Thursday. Because yesterday was a snow day for me. Um, you know, they called off work for a snow day, which was nice. So I spent most of yesterday working diligently in my basement, trying to get it cleaned up before springtime so that, uh, you know, there's not water all over my stuff. And I think I got pretty far. It was motivating, really motivating to, you know, do stuff. It felt good. It felt very good. You know, I wasn't motivated enough to actually do a podcast, but yeah, what can you do? Um, and I was actually going to have a guest yesterday, but we had some tech problems. So, um, Kevo was Kevo from Kevo Can't Dance was supposed to be on, um, but we, like I said, we had technical difficulties. So, I'm going to try and have him on. There might be a Music Saturday or a Music Monday episode instead. Which is fine. I'm flexible. I'm not going to throw a fit or anything like that. Uh, it'll be good to talk to Kevo because, you know, I've known him for a while and he's got interesting stories about him being, you know, an acoustic guitar guy. And, you know, I'm going to pick his brain a little bit about that. I don't really know a whole lot about being an acoustic singles act, but something I do know about. Um, is playing in a band. And I'm going to get into that here in a minute as well. Um, the other things I have on the docket today are, um, let's see, I got first on the docket I have playing with the Watleys over the weekend. Secondly, I have um, performing as a band and my thoughts on that. And lastly, um, I'm going to talk about um, albums and like debut albums and follow-up albums and how they follow each other. Um, you know, good things, bad things, and surprises. I'm gonna have some surprises, I think. So, uh, this is just the intro, which is exciting, I know, but uh, I'm gonna get to the other parts right now. So hang tight, and I'll see you on the other side. So, like I said in the intro, um, over the weekend. Uh, I was playing with my band, the Watleys, and it was a lot of fun. We played at McGarvey's in Altoona, which used to be called Aldo's uh, a while ago. Then Rich McGarvey bought it, and now it's McGarvey's. I mean, and I say this in a nice way, it doesn't matter the name. Every time I've played there, it's been a good time. It's been fun. It's probably my favorite place to play in Pennsylvania. Um... It's the place that we've played the most. 
you know. Um, in the past, I would say we played the brewery most, but I don't think we played the brewery the most. Actually, now, I think over the 10-year career of the Watleys, we played probably Aldo's slash McGarvey's more than anywhere. And I can't, like, think of a bad time that you've ever played there. I think every show that we've had there has been, like, a fun show, a good show. You know, anytime, like, if I was having a bad week, which I tend to have those, or a bad day, or, you know, just a, a long rut or anything, anytime we got to play at Aldo's or McGarvey's, it was like, um, it was uplifting. It was good, because we'd walk in and everybody would be having a good time, and everybody treat us real nice, and usually we end up playing with friends of ours, which is even better, because... You know, when you're in a band and you're playing on a, on a show with friends of yours, it just makes the experience so much better. You enjoy it a whole lot more. And we were lucky because on Saturday, the, the bands we played with were Dave Hates Everything and The Snips, which are just bands full of guys that we're friends with, which is awesome. You know, but Dave Hates Everything with uh, Pat and Sean. Um I don't, I can't recall the other two guys' names because I don't know them that well, but um, Dave Hates Everything was awesome. They were kind of like a speed punk kind of thing, and it was a good time, you know? Um, they were fun. They were a fun band to watch. They played a lot of songs, and they were a lot of fun, good songs. I wish I'd gotten one of their CDs. I totally didn't get to grab one. I think they're recording a new one anyway. So yeah, I think Dave Hates Everything is recording a new album soon, which which is going to be awesome. I can't wait for it. I meant to grab their demo. I totally didn't. <laughs> I'll have to... Uh, if any of them are listening, you're going to have to hook me up. It's just the way it goes. Um, we also played with the Snipped. And I think they are recording or are almost done recording. You know, um, Wax, Jeff, and Rick... that. Three great dudes. Like, I don't know Justin that well. That's I just don't know him that well. I better look that up. Because I feel like I might have messed that up. But, you know, it. Um, like I said, you know, just a bunch of great dudes. Um, anytime I see Rick Golden, it's like the world lights up because he's genuinely a, a good dude and fun to talk to and... Um, just, you know, joy being around them. So, you know, it was great to play with those guys. And, you know, I can't wait for their more, you know, their stuff. Because all they played was awesome. Everything they played was awesome. And it was fun to listen to. And they jumped around and had a good time. And, you know, that made everybody else jump around and have a good time. So, you know, that's always something you like and like I said they're good friends of ours it was good to see them uh, really enjoyed being playing with them um, I'll tell you um, playing in the Watleys is probably one of my the biggest joys of my life I'm not gonna lie um, I'm gonna get into that here in the next section so just hold tight and see you in the next section so one of the things I'm I'm really kind of grateful for is that uh, I'm in a great band with, you know, three of, honestly, my best friends. And um, 
and it was good to be able to go out and shake the dust off Saturday night and just play an awesome show. It's it was an awesome show to be at. It was an awesome show to play, and um, they said in the intro that like Keva was supposed to do this show with me, and I, one of the questions I wanted to ask him was, you know, because he's played in he played in Pitfall Combat with uh, Jesse, uh, and I wanted to ask him like what the how different it was for him to play solo versus with Jesse, because that was one thing that I've been kind of like I toyed with it a lot when I was a, a year or so ago, maybe a couple years ago. Um, and Kevo let me jump on an acoustic show and I play, I didn't think I finished a song, a single song because I just can't like, <laughs> I don't know why it, it just felt weird to me. I'm not used to playing in a band, like music by myself. And quite frankly, I don't like it as much. And I wanted to ask, one of the questions I would ask him was, you know, how does he feel about it? Because, I, you know, I, I would go back and forth on it. Like, I want to do more music, but I like, I wonder if I could do it acoustically. And, and like, every time I've tried, it just hasn't, like, clicked for me. And I think it comes down to that I just, I just enjoy playing in a band, in my band, more than anything. Like, um, I don't think I've ever played with people that I've enjoyed as much. Like, I, I've had friends that I played with and I enjoyed playing with them, but I don't think I've enjoyed playing in any band as much as I love, I've loved playing in this band. And it helps that I think, I think it helps that you know, we're all friends outside of the band. And, you know, we all enjoy doing it. I think whenever you're doing music or anything artistic, you have to enjoy doing it. Like, you can't just do it for the money. If you just do it for the money and you don't enjoy it, like, there's no point in doing it. You just you just have a second job then that you've practiced for years and years and years to do that you don't really get the return on if you don't enjoy it. Um, you can't put a price on enjoyment. You can put a price on the performance, kind of. Even then, you kill. You really can't, because you're gonna get. You're always gonna get underpaid. That's just the way it is. And playing in a band with you know these three guys is like I can't imagine playing in a band with anyone else at this point. It's like it's scary to me to think that I might have to someday because I enjoy playing with them so much. Like, you know, I'm the least talented out of the four of us. It's just the way it is. Like, I can play bass and I can play guitar, but I can't play guitar nearly as well as Hero, Jim, or Eddie. And I can play bass, and I'm slightly better at bass than Hero is, but not much. Well, I don't know. I don't really... Like, Hero really hasn't played bass, <laughs> to be honest. So he could probably pick it up and be better than me after, like, two weeks. But, you know, I'm still, like, third on the musically talented side. And um, as far as bass goes, uh, Jim is probably the most talented out of the four of us. Just because, you know, he can play drums extremely well. He can play guitar extremely well. He can play bass extremely well. He can outplay all of us on each of our instruments. 
and he can remember songs better than all of us. It's, um, you know, it's really like surprise, not surprising, but like it's fun though. I mean, to like, there's always the joke that drummer's least talented. No, the drummer's the most talented in our group. Um, the drummer's usually the most talented in any band, really. Like, I don't understand who ever said that. That person is wrong on, like, so many accounts. But, but you know, it comes down to, again, like, performing in this band, I think, is the best. It's the thing I enjoy the most. And it, it's the right situation. Like, the four of us can kind of take cues off of each other and figure out, like, if somebody messed up, where do we go from there? Like, you know, we we kind of have that sixth sense. I mean, bands make fun of us. They, they don't make fun of us, but they say, like, how tight we are, which is actually kind of a joke with us and uh, um, Thunder Vest in Pittsburgh. So, but, I mean, honestly, we are that tight that we can pick up where each of us is messing up and what's going right, what's going wrong. So, you know, I don't think that I could be in another band. And, you know, my dad and I were talking about this because he was in a band called Back Alley Rocks for, you know, a long, long time. And then they broke up. Two of the guys decided to wait. They wanted to go different directions. Um, but after that, like my dad said, we were talking about it the one night, and he, um, he was saying about, oh, I'm playing with these guys now. This was a year or so ago. He's playing with these guys, and he didn't, didn't quite f say, he said he didn't quite feel it. Like, if you play an instrument and you're in a band, there, you, when you play with other people, there's something you can feel there. If you feel that feeling, like, oh, I can play with these guys, then that's, that goes a long, long way. Like, you can have the best drummer, you can have the best guitar player, the best bass player, the best singer in the world, all in one group. If they don't mesh right, it's not going to sound good. So, like, yeah, they're way talented, but they don't, they don't get a, along together. And, like, we're fortunate in the Watleys that we do that, you know, get along that well. We get along really well together. You know, and that was the thing my dad had with his old band. They got along really well. They played well together. You know, he and Butch, the other guy, the one guy, other guy in the band, uh, they still do, like, acoustic stuff together because they enjoy playing together. And I think, you know, when it comes to bands, that's a big thing. You can hear that on the record whenever they do a recording about how well they get along as far as musicians. So, like, the Ramones didn't get along but they made some awesome music. And they had awesome performances. You know, sometimes that happens. We, You know, we and the Watleys are fortunate enough that we all like each other, we all get along, we all have a great time. You know, there are some bands that aren't like that. You know, it's we're more like family than we are um, like a band sometimes. That just, you know, it's good. It's good to have that. Like I said, I'm, it's, I love playing in the Watleys. It's, you know, hands down. 
and you know sometimes we go months between playing like uh, we played in October and we hadn't played together against till about two weeks ago and we were like hey we have a show on the third we better practice a little bit and we picked up the guitars and it was still there like we didn't have any problems we picked it up you know i think we ended up there were two practices and we only had three people for each practice like i i could only do the first one and eddie had to miss that one and i had to miss the second one but eddie was able to make it so essentially all of us got to practice just not at the right times and even like we got to the show and like i said we hadn't played together since the middle of october and we picked it right up where we left off like we didn't make hardly any mistakes uh we had fun i mean people at the show helped to make it fun of course we had a great time and i think you need that in a band where you can just pick up where you left off and not have any problems you know and like somebody had mentioned to hero i guess that they thought the watleys broke up and no the answer is no we did not break up uh we don't like we usually slow down between october and like march that's just the way it's been throughout the years is you know uh, October hits and we kind of start slowing down a little bit and then you know the winter months hit and we slow down a lot more and you know we pretty much um stop playing from that we slow down considerably during the winter time just because we're all busy with you know our own projects like our you know uh, I bought a house so I was busy with that um Hero was doing a bunch of flying out for different things for work um eddie's always busy he's got two shops and you know so many other things going on that um you know he usually ramps that up you know in the fall which is good you know jim's got his other band and a whole bunch of stuff going off for that and you know it's football season so sometimes they pick up saturday stuff which is money for him which is awesome we just get real busy during that time so we slow down a little bit then we pick back up usually in the spring um and you know we uh we actually started doing that because we would get uh, show offers and it would start snowing and uh, that's the only time we'd get to play pittsburgh was during a blizzard <laughs> um i mean that's not why we slowed down doing shows we if somebody would ask us to play a show in Pittsburgh in December, I'm sure we would done, would have done it. Uh, we just slow down. It happens. And then we pick right back up where we left off. That's that's the way it goes, you know. It's uh, that that's it, you know. We jump around, we pick right back up, jump around, have a good time, yell, scream, high five, hug, kiss, make out. You know, that sort of stuff. Um, it's really a good time. You know, the Watleys is something that I genuinely... Uh, I can't imagine it not being in my life. And if it wasn't in my life, I don't know what I would do. It's That's how much I enjoy it. Oh, man. Fun trivia fact. Um, real quick. 
The Watleys. The name The Watleys. Depending on who you ask in the band, it's going to be a different explanation. Actually, one guy, if you ask him, he's going to give you a different explanation every time. And it's either... You you guys can speculate this at home. Um, the dentist in Seinfeld, who became Jewish just for the jokes. His name was Douglas Watley, I believe. No, Douglas Watley's a dude in Georgia um, who listens to the Watleys. Go figure. Um, I'm actually going to look that up right now because I don't remember. Uh, Jerry at the dentist. Tim Watley. That's what it was. Tim Watley. The dentist who switched, uh, who became Jewish for the jokes. I believe that's how, the story. I gotta rewatch that series. I loved Seinfeld. It was hilarious to me. Or, we're going back to the name the Watleys, or were named after radio personality Fez Marie Watley, who was one half of Ron and Fez. Uh, I say was because Fez retired. Uh, he had a whole bunch of heart attacks and retired to be a old gay man in Florida. And before somebody raises a stink, he is old, he is gay, and he lives in Florida. So there you go. There's the origin of the name the Watleys. Maybe. Is it? I'll leave that up to you. For now, I'm going to move on to my next, uh, my next topic, which is follow-up albums. See, I am going to talk about music. So, like I said in the intro, uh, now I'm going to talk about uh, albums and follow-up albums. So the reason I'm talking about this I was thinking the other day about the Smash Mouth album, uh, Fush You Mang. Yes, Smash Mouth, and how good of an album Fush You Mang is. I said it. I don't care. I'll defend it, too. Um, if you listen to Fush You Mang, what you hear is this awesome ska punk album. It's flat, you know... I was going to say flat down. Hands down, like, a legitimately great ska punk album, except for one song, which happened to be the only song that became their, the song that became their big hit, which was Walking on the Sun. You know, they, it was this weird kind of 60s throwback song, and uh, every other song on that album is just killer. Like, I've listened to that album front to back so many times. Front to back, by the way, if you're a young and don't understand that, that means you'd listen to the front part of the record and then the back part of the record. And I would listen to that from, from front to back, from beginning to end, you know, every day in the summer when it came out. And I kept listening to it and listening to it and listening to it. And it was just like, just, I loved that album, except for that song. Except for Walking on the Sun, which was their worst song on that album. So... You know, after like a year or so, they said they announced they were making the follow-up to Fushu Mang, which was I'm gonna look that up because Smash Mouth 
albums. Come on, Google. Uh, come on, Google. Don't leave. Okay. Astro Lounge. Which um, wasn't as good as Fushumang. Wasn't nearly as good. You know, a lot of the songs sounded more like uh, the Walking on the Sun song. Like they they went from being this cool ska punk band to being this pop band that just I, I didn't enjoy it as much, nearly as much. They had the All Star song, which was kind of catchy, but it was still like this pop dribble. You know what I mean? Like, ugh. It was it, it was just kind of disappointing. You know what I mean? Like, Fushimang was this awesome, awesome album, and then Astro Lounge comes out, and it's mediocre to me. There's probably lots of people who liked it, who probably liked it better than Fushimang, and I'm going to tell them they're wrong. <laughs> this, It was such a, like, disappointing, disappointment. It really was. Because I, I got into Fushimang, and I really, really liked it. But, I mean, Smash Mouth isn't the only band that's had like a solid debut album and and then put out not a good album um bad religion bad religion put out one of the best punk rock albums ever and in how can hell be any worse and you know how can hell be any worse is so so good you know you just listen to it and you get angry i mean you just sit and you love it. That's because it's angry, it's fast, it's loud, it's raw. This is raw punk. Rah, blah, blah, blah. And then, you know, a year or two later, they came out with Into the Unknown. Now, Into the Unknown was interesting because I think they said they made 1,200 copies and had 1,300 returns or something like that. You know, there there was jokes about people selling it out the back of the warehouse and turning around and giving it back. Like, if you've ever listened to the album... Yeah. Um, where was I? Oh, um, Into the Unknown. Yeah, Into the Unknown was... Um, if you had... If they had put it out as a different band, if they had said, we're not... This album isn't Bad Religion, this album is, uh, you know insert psychedelic weird name um pseudo bad religion then um they could have probably done really well with it like it was synthesized and strange but it was so so good but when your first album is how could hell be any worse? And you put out this speed hardcore punk album, and you follow it up with synthesizers. It's not gonna go well. I mean, most of the guys quit the band after that. Um, and I mean, they resurfaced a few years later, and you know, started playing again. But you know, that that was an album that almost killed the band, and they didn't have. The backing that Smash Mouth did, obviously. Not, not in 81 or 82 or whatever it was. 
Um, if you listen to the album, it's a good album. Yeah, I think it's a good album. But, I mean, definitely not something that this should have been put out then by them. Um, you know, it, it's it's amazing, really. So, some bands, you know, have a follow-up and it's good. Um, I know this wasn't their first album, but when Green Day put out, I think it was Nimrod that had Time of Your Life on it. You know, the follow-up to Nimrod was take warning or just warning i think but all the songs on warning sounded like you know time of your life i don't want to listen to time of your life it, it was like that was kind of a turning point for green day too because then they started going in that totally different direction um and eventually they made american idiot which i guess is a good album uh american idiot was totally stolen from dillinger four um the song, you know, da na 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 that was that's a Dillinger Four riff right there. <laughs> it's a really great song too. Um, I forget the name of it offhand. Double Whiskey Coke No Ice. If you listen to, if you want to listen to a cool band, listen to Dillinger Four, uh, Midwestern Songs of the Americans, Americas, and that's one of the tracks. Is Double Whiskey Coke No Ice? It's a great album. Great album. Uh, anyway, back to the. <laughs> Back to warning. Uh, back to actually, American Idiot. Uh, I'm going to criticize Green Day more. Um, they put out an album, American Idiot. That, I mean, no effects that already called him an idiot son of an asshole. This is during the George Bush era and George Bush two era, and I mean, Bad Religion wrote enough great, great songs criticizing the president and. Like, I think The Empire Strikes First came out around the same time, and that's a way better album. And The War on Errorism, also a way better album. I'm not taking anything away from the Green Day album. It was good, but it wasn't as good as those two. Um, so, yeah, the follow-up for Warning was... It was... Eh. They, they did try to do more acoustic guitars, which was annoying. Um, uh, who else? I'm going to keep going through. I had another one when I was saying about, uh, well, I mean, Bad Religion had another follow-up album that wasn't as good. Like, when Bad Religion went to Atlantic, they put out The Grey Race, which is an awesome album. And then they followed it up with, uh, No Substance, which is not as good of an album. I'm not saying it's a bad album, just... Not as good. Um, let's see. The follow-up, like, no doubt. I forget what the follow-up to Dredge Kingdom was. The follow-up to their no, their self-titled self, self was Tragic Kingdom. Yeah, the self-titled was Tragic Kingdom. And I'm trying to think what the follow-up to Tragic Kingdom was. Because they had a lot of success with Tragic Kingdom. I think that was like right around the time ugh, excuse me, Gwen Stefani went out on her own and became she went solo, I think. I'm looking that up now cuz I don't really remember. 
It's, um, come on, Google, run faster. Yeah, they followed up Tragic Kingdom with Return of Saturn, is what it looks like. Which is not, wait, what's that, Sushi Chick? I don't know, I think there's a bunch of, uh, different stuff. But, like, their major album release after Tragic Kingdom looks to be Return of Saturn, which I don't, I don't remember, I'm looking at that right now, because I don't remember what all was on it. Um... Oh, it's nice. You can give me a track listing. There we go. Um, yeah, it doesn't look like it was a lot of... I never listened to it, to be honest, so I don't know. Uh, it looks like they took a little bit of a hiatus between Tragic Kingdom and everything else, which makes sense. Tragic Kingdom was such a big album, they could do a lot with it. Um, and it was a good album. It was a good follow-up to this self-titled... Um, I'm sure they got a lot of mileage out of it. But, you know, I mean, there are cases where the follow-up album is as good or better than than the first one. You know, um, Rise Against, their first uh, album that I know about, the first album on Fat, um, was The Unraveling, which was a great album. It's a great CD from beginning to end. Just a good, good chunk of music. And they followed it up with Revolutions Per Minute, which is, you know, as good as The Unraveling was, like, Revolutions Per Minute is awesome. It was, like, better. It's a better album. It's a great album. And, I mean, it was, it's my, one of my favorite records ever made. It's, uh, it's on that list. Um, I'm going to get into the one I, I think is the best later. But, um, you know, there's bands like that where they have a really good debut album and then they have an even better second album. Um, then there's bands where, you know, like the Boston's. The Boston's, the first, like, song I heard from them was Let's Face It. I think that's the same first song that everybody that a lot of people heard, you know, and then this was, I mean, when Let's Face It came out, it was kind of around the time the, that we got internet. So I could poke around the internet and see, you know, more information on the Boston's. So I would look up, you know, the Mighty Mighty Boston's, and I found out that they were friends with the guys from Rancid. And, well, who's Rancid? I gotta start listening to Rancid now. So I listened to Rancid. I was like, somebody had given me a copy of Let's Go, which was the follow-up to their self, their first self-titled, which, you know, I listened to the first self-titled after I'd listened to Let's Go, and I listened to Let's Go so much that I scratched my CD. Somebody gave me a copy of it, and I just listened to it so much that, that I scratched it. You know, um, later on I went back and got the first self-title and I was like, this is amazing too, but Let's Go was like I'm not saying better I'm saying I liked it a lot more and I really liked the self-title, so you know, there are bands that are con consistent whenever they come up with a follow-up album to their first album um, 
the boss tones were kind of like discovering the Mighty Mighty Boss Tones was a an interesting thing to me because, like I said, they were one of the first bands I started listening to whenever we had the internet. So I went and found out more information about them. Well, I found out that they had been active, like they had, I think eight albums or something before Let's Face It ever came out. They had a veritable plethora of albums before, um, before Let's Face It came out. And, you know, you go back through and I went back through and I listened to pretty much all of them. And, you know, I, like the first song of theirs that really made me want to go back and listen to them was, um, I had found somebody, like in the early days of streaming on Real Player, <laughs> of all things, I found, um, Devil's Night Out the song and I listened to it and I was like this is amazing this is so so good and I listened like I went out and I had to do mail order to get Devil's Night Out CD so I I got it and you know I opened it up and inside the CD was the Tang mail order order form so I was looking through there I was like here's a bunch of bands that I'd never heard of maybe I should check them out and on that list was uh, Gangrene, which I ended up buying some tapes of theirs and listening to them. Gangrene's awesome. So listen to them, and I was looking through the list, and Stiff Little Fingers was on that list. So some for some reason, I was compelled to look them up. And, you know, I found Suspect Device, which became one of my favorite songs ever. I found um, Wasted life which is also one of my like i heard those two songs in some kind of order and i was like these this is the, my favorite new band they're still my favorite band um you know i looked through them um and just i was just surprised and finding all these other bands because i went from mighty mighty boston's and looked around you know you don't really have that anymore there aren't really bands that make it big anymore which is kind of sad um, but that's, that's the industry now. It's just, um, but if it wasn't for the Boston's, I wouldn't have really gotten into punk rock. So I guess that's where that goes. Um, what was the follow-up to, let's face it, I don't remember. I'm going to look that up real quick. It doesn't look like there's anything until a jackknife to a swan, which I never really listened to. So maybe I need to pick that up sometime and listen to it. I have Spotify. I could do that. Don't test me. I'm going to do it. Fine, I'll do it. Um, actually, no, I take that back. Pay attention was after that. Not Jackknife. Either way. Um, it it led me to Stiff Little Fingers, which um, somehow I listened, you know, somehow I, you know, I started listening to them and I started picking up bits and pieces of different albums Eventually, getting my hands on the CD compilation called All the Best. And I listened to that so much that eventually I ended up buying albums. And uh, and I'm getting to my favorite album, actually. Um, Inflammable Material is the, their first, their debut album, which is really, really good. Like, I've listened to that a whole bunch of times. I bought it, listened to it over and over and over and over again. 
And then um, their follow-up to that was Nobody's Heroes, which is probably my favorite album of all time. Just from the first song to the last song, just my favorite album, beginning to end. Like, it's one of those things I think is just perfect. It's so good. Love it. Love it. Uh, yeah, absolutely love it. <laughs> So I guess um, I'm going to start wrapping this up a little bit. Um, I was going to talk about The Clash, too. I got into The Clash through Boston's as well. Like, they had done a tribute with um, a bunch of other bands, and they did Rudy Can't Fail. And I listened to that, and I was like, oh, this is cool. I better find more out about The Clash. And my dad had already had mentioned The Clash to me. He was like, you should listen to their album. And he sent me, or he gave me, um, I think they bought me for Christmas. They bought me the Clash self-titled, which was really good. Um, the U.S. version, which is really, really a good album. It's really, like, that's a really good album. And it followed up with um, Give Him Enough Rope, which is funny because uh, Give Him Enough Rope is an awesome album as well. And it's kind of a joke because they were like, uh, the record execs were, were just kind of like, yeah, give them enough rope to hang themselves. So that's how they, <laughs> that's what they named it. <laughs> it's just funny. Good sense of humor. A great band. Um, my dad also gave me, and I regret getting rid of this. I shouldn't have got rid of it. Uh, I should have kept it because I appreciate it way more now than I did then. Um, the Sex Pistols, never mind the Bullocks, here's the Sex Pistols. And I think I got rid of it because I was just like, I soured on Sid Vicious. I'm still not a big fan of him. Like I see punk kids who idolize him. I'm like, why? He's a heroin junkie who's bad at bass. Like, and you listen if you get the chance. There was a VH1 behind the music about the Nevermind the Bullocks album, and it is uh, amazing. Because uh, to spoil it, I was going to do a whole podcast on this. I don't have enough time. Like, I have too much time to do this. The long and short of it was, like, there's actually no bass player on that album. What they did was they doubled Steve Jones's guitar track and just cranked the bass the whole way up and everything else down. So it sounds like bass, but it's not bass. It's just Steve Jones' guitar, which is phenomenal on its own. That's the tone that I love from guitar, by the way, his, his tone. And I really wish I had still had that album because I I appreciate it way more now than I did then. Uh, sorry, Dad. Uh, I should have listened to you more. <laughs> he also got me into the Ramones, too. So Dad was good at that. Dad's good at that. Um, yeah, so I guess I'm going to start wrapping it up here. Um, so what's your favorite album follow-up or your least favorite most disappointing album follow-up uh send me a a quick call on anchor or shoot me like a, a comment on facebook or twitter or um friendster i'm not on friendster but you know what i mean uh but you should seriously give anchor a call the anchor app a try and give me a call on it and leave a message i can actually play it your call on the podcast so 
do that. Let me know what your favorite album was, uh, favorite album tandem, or least favorite album tandem. You know, I would appreciate to hear that. I want to, I want to hear dialogue from it. Um, so I'm going to go ahead and stop it here and call it a night. So um, if you have a catchphrase, by the way, call and give me that catchphrase as well, because I'm still looking for a catchphrase to end all my podcasts with. Um, call, leave a message, whatever you want to do. Uh, so I'm going to say close, bring close to uh, Music Wednesdays. Uh, I'm going to try and do one tomorrow, Friday, which is I think is going to be a comedy one. Um, I don't quite know what I'm going to do it on yet. Um, I was thinking of some kind of comedy special. I don't know which one yet. Uh, but uh, we'll see you tomorrow, won't we? Ha 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 ha. All right. Uh, thanks for listening, uh, and have a good night. Please share this with your friends. If you got this off of a podcast website, subscribe and give me a good review, please. Please. The more listeners we have, the better. You know, the happier I am, the happier you are. It's just wonderful. All right. I've been TJ Freck. This has been the TJ Freckcast. Thanks for listening. Good night.